Welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with David Corin from RVA Wealth Management. Our podcast is all about providing anyone considering retirement with the confidence they need to pursue their dreams in this new phase of life. We cover a wide range of topics, from retirement planning to investing with purpose, all while making you laugh and keeping things lighthearted. With David's years of experience and guest industry leaders to help guide us, you'll walk away feeling informed, empowered, and ready to take on your future with confidence. So sit back, relax, and get ready to join us on this journey to a new life. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with your host, David Corin. I'm Wendy McConnell. David, how are you? Fantastic, Wendy. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing well. Now, I see there's someone sitting beside you. Is that just for appearance sake, or are they going to be speaking? They're going to be speaking. Michael Smith is with us today. Mike Smith uh, works with, we've been together now for eight years. Uh, and he really heads up our portfolio management side of the, the equation. He selects the securities that go into our portfolios. He does the research and the analysis, et cetera. And then uh, we build that out and, and he's real involved in the trading as well. So so Mike is here because we are into my favorite section of personal finance on steroids program, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, where we are going to be talking about investments. So in the beginning, we talked about making sure you understand what the outcome needs to be. In other words, you need a target before you really even begin to do your planning. So what does your retirement look like? What's your vision? Get clarity on that. We talked about some of the ways that you could think about how much money you might need in order to retire. Are, is you, are you going to run out? Those types of things, those right. concerns. Um, we talked about Social Security uh, and other income streams in retirement. We also talked about taxes quite a bit. We're now going to get into the section on investments because so when you think about working with a financial advisor, what do you think about, Wendy, when you think about working with a financial What does a financial advisor do? Why would you even need a financial advisor? I need a financial advisor because I don't know what I'm doing. And I need somebody to make sure I have enough money to live. <laughs> All right. So you're not sure what you're doing. You need enough money. Would, would it be, be good to say that you have financial decisions to make and they could be across the board and you might need a little advice and help on that, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what a financial advisor in the, in the in the purest form, that's what we do as financial advisors. People have financial questions. They talk to us, we help them work through those issues. They can be as simple as, do I do a Roth or do I do an IRA? Or as complex as, um, what do I do with these stock options? Should I take them? When do I pay taxes on this? How does that work? You can get into some very complex situations as well. So you may have an issue. And if you do, one of the things I've done on my website now is if you click on our Seek a Consultation button, this time you're going to get a little pop-up that's going to say schedule and ask anything 20-minute session with us. So, and that'll be a session with me directly where you can ask any financial question you might have and we will answer it. And then like it. there's more that we could do. We'll do more, but really that 20-minute 20, 20 conversation should at least answer some of the basic questions that people might have out there. And it's a free time with us. It doesn't cost anything to schedule that. So- I just wanted to put that plug in here at the beginning because 
a lot of people do have financial questions and it can get into this area of investment. So people can invest themselves and many people do. We work with a lot of clients uh, where we are just doing the financial planning and the financial issue solving side and they're sort of handling their investments. I mean, let's face it, most people do invest in their own 401ks and they have to manage that. So how do I do that? And that's a question. And what are the investments that are in the 401k? Because a lot of people don't understand the difference between, say, a mutual fund and an exchange-traded fund. You know, what are those things? And so we're going to try and pull back the veil, if you will, today on all of those investments questions. So I've asked Mike to join me, and we're going to start out very basic, okay? So, you know, what is the very basic questions you should be asking yourself before you begin to invest or look to invest? So, uh, Mike, what would you say are some of those key things that people have to remember to do in order to um, prepare themselves if they're going to invest their money, even if it is in their own 401k? The question I get typically when people know what I do is, what should I be investing? And they're sort of asking for a stock tip. Uh, what's the hot stock? And, yeah. and that's not the right way to be thinking about this. They need to be thinking about the plan right now. What is the goal for their investing? Are they seeking growth? Do they need uh, income for their uh, retirement? Would they like a combination of income and growth? And they have to uh, sit back and, and develop a plan and determine their time horizon and figure out what their risk tolerance is. And your your advisor can help you determine your risk tolerance. What type of returns would you like to generate? What type of risk are you willing to take to generate those returns? And do you want to hire? Uh, do you want to do this yourself, or would you uh, want to hire a professional? That's a basic starting point. Yeah, that's a basic starting point because when you really think about it, when you're starting to invest, you have to say, okay, well, I really want to make a lot of money, and I'm I'm 40 years old, and I've got a lot of money in my 401k. You know, it's my next to my house, my biggest investment. You know, it's a hundred thousand or whatever. I don't want to lose that money, but I want it to grow. So I'm going to put it all into the NASDAQ. And well, of course, when the NASDAQ drops by 30%, you pull it all out. But no, it's not the right thing to do. But unfortunately, <laughs> that is what happens a lot because people don't understand their own risk tolerance. Uh, it's one, and, and what I would say is that everyone, uh, when you're talking about something like a retirement plan, a 401k, really you should, and you're, and you're more than say 10 years or more out, from retirement age, uh, you really want to be as aggressive as possible because you don't need that money now. You don't need it for income. You don't have to pull it out. So you really have a really high risk capacity, I would say, because if you don't need the money for income, you should have a fairly high risk capacity because that money should be invested for the future. And so, but it's not going to work if you invest aggressively. And then when the market goes into turmoil, which it will always do, okay? The market goes up, the market goes down. It scares the you-know-what out of people, right? Mm -hmm. It yep. scares them a lot. Uh, and so when it when it goes down, you don't you have to be cognizant of the fact that it's temporary and that eventually it will go back up. It may take it years to recover, but it will recover. And that's the point that we try to make. And so if you're going to be the type of person that's going to pull out when the market gets crazy, you really shouldn't invest aggressively. Even if you have the capacity to do so, you shouldn't. You should invest more conservatively so that you're not going to get spooked and pull out of your allocation. So there's all these different risk profiles that we can build. Now, you're, the higher your 
risk, you know, the more risk you take, the higher the potential returns. But the higher the risk, also, the greater the low end, the downside can be for you. But remember, you don't lose anything if you don't sell it. And you don't really gain anything <laughs> if you don't sell it either. So, you know, on either end, uh, you have to remember it's just a moving target. And if you don't need that money, you need to let it ride for as long as possible. Mike, that's sort of the one of the most basic things, I think, is that time horizon issue because people and that that risk profile, because that's the one thing that if you're going to do it yourself, you have to have that emotional strength to stick with your plan. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely have to have the discipline. No matter what your plan is, I think if you stick with it in the long term, it, it will work, but you can't be bouncing back and forth. And another important thing to consider is our lifespans now have increased significantly. And there's a good probability that you live into your 80s or 90s. This money has to last for a while. And just as importantly, it has to keep up with inflation. We've all seen inflation tick up over here the last couple of years. If you were to get too conservative and say, I want to just park my money at the bank, it's going to lose your purchasing power over your lifetime. So you do need to have a, a, some mix of growth in there as well. I have a question. If we are looking at our 401k and we hire a financial uh, advisor, is that something that as an advisor would go in and look at what we are investing in there and make changes? Or is that something that's kind of just based on the company that you're in? We do make recommendations to some of our clients on their 401k since, as David mentioned, it's one of the largest investments they typically have. So a lot of people will invest at work just because, hey, the person sitting next to me said I should be investing in this. Or right. So it, it helps to have a professional take a second look at that because it is a significant part of your net worth typically. Yeah. And um, we do work with clients a lot to help them with their allocations. It is dependent upon the company. Every company really has a different mix of investment options. And so what we can do, though, is help a person evaluate those options that they have and then build out an allocation that's going to sit, suit their risk tolerance levels. And that would be something that we would do on a, on a flat rate basis a lot of times. That's how we work with some clients because we're a fee-based firm. So we work with a lot of clients on a flat rate basis sometimes. So very nicely sometimes for people, for us to be able to help them with their 401ks. But there are a lot more investments out there than the mutual funds that you typically find in a 401k. So Mike, why don't we talk a little bit about what kind of investments are, are available out there and start with the sort of the basics so that people, I mean, we'll make, let's make it real simple. Okay. We'll get more advanced later on. Let's make it super simple right now. To, to really simplify this, there are two major types of investments, loaning your money or owning investments. When we talk about loaning your money, it could be to a bank, to a corporation, to a government. That's typically through savings accounts, money markets, buying bonds. That's uh, loaning money where you expect to earn interest and you also expect to get your principal back at the end. Exactly. And that actually, I tell people, you know, what do you, what was your first investment account? And many people look at me like, what? Well, if you put money in a savings account at the bank, that's an investment account because that is a loan to the bank for, for them to pay you some interest back. Now, it used to be that interest was very almost non-existent, but today in many banks, you can get 4% or better 
on your money right now because interest rates have risen so much. We actually are in a real interest rate environment right now. So a positive interest rate environment, which just hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. And with the banks, it's important to remember those are uh, protected up to 250000 from the um, FDIC per account. So you typically wouldn't earn a lot of interest on a savings account, but you have the ability to, to pull that money out anytime and it's, it's protected by the federal government. Yeah. So loaning your money typically uh, is going to be a very safe, hopefully, way to invest your money. Nothing is totally safe. Nothing is risk-free, but it, compared to the stock market, okay, which moves up and down regularly, you know, the bond market or the or a savings account or a CD is going to be very, very safe relative to an equity type of investment. And we'll talk some more. Well, that's the next type of investment, right, Mike? Yes. Uh, owning investments that could be anything from, you take ownership stake in a company or an asset. You could achieve this through stocks, through mutual funds, real estate or gold, or just some ways to, to own investments. Uh, you would expect to receive higher returns than a, than a bond over time, but they do involve more risk and there'd be more volatile for sure. So the two basic types of investments are you loan your money or you buy something, you buy ownership stake in something. So if you start your own business, well, that's an ownership stake. If you buy a house, that's an ownership stake. You see, when you buy stock in a company, common stock in a company, you are literally buying an ownership stake. It's a small percentage, but it is a stake of ownership in that company. And you're hoping for one of for two things really you're really hoping that you're going to see that amount of investment appreciate over time so in other words your house will grow in value over time uh, or that stock will increase in value over time that's an ownership stake and it's the most common way you get into the market and but again risk is greater there so when you're taking ownership stake the business could fail the real estate market could go to you know what uh, and the stock market could drop significantly in a hurry, I mean, as much as 50%, which is what it did, or a little bit more than that during the uh, Great Recession. So these things can happen. And um, people need to be aware of that when they're looking at the difference between the loaning versus owning. And by the way, from that basis, all other investments are built, mutual funds, ETFs, exchange, you know, all of these things are built on one of those two chassis. They're either loaning money or it's a ownership opportunity. So when you're talking to us about deciding between loaning and owning, is this on top of the 401k contributions that we're already making? So money that goes into your 401k, in most cases is buying primarily ownership because you're into a mutual fund, which is probably investing in stocks is the underlying side of that. But some of your mutual funds are loan-based. Some of your bond funds that you might have as an option in your 401k. So what's that mix? You know, That's when we start to look at the risk-reward exchange and what your risk tolerance is to determine how much we have on that ownership side versus how much we have on that safer loan side. So in your opinion, though, should we be doing more investing above the 401k investment? Yes, you should. If you can, we usually encourage people, depending on their life stage, what their income looks like, we would might encourage them to fully fund their 401k. Uh, in many cases, especially if their income is high, that's a great tax break. 
and keep so so when you invest in a 401k you're putting money aside that you don't have to pay tax on right now uh and oftentimes your company's matching some of that okay so they're putting a percentage in for you and then it's going to grow with no taxes due on those investments until you take it out well that's a wonderful deal especially if you're in a fairly high tax bracket right now conversely if you're in a very low tax bracket uh, and you have that 401k option, you may ask to find out if you have a Roth 401k option because you may not need as big a tax break now, but by going into the Roth later on, that money will not be taxed when you go to take it out. It's still a retirement plan. It's just that you don't pay, you pay tax on the money you put in, but you don't have to pay tax on the back end. Okay. So what do we need to keep in mind looking forward? I would definitely say start with making sure you're you're looking at the 401k and at least taking advantage of the match that your company offers, hopefully, because that's free money in your account, as well as the tax break that David mentioned. But to your point, we may want to look at an account outside of the 401k, uh, a brokerage account where you're putting money in after tax if you have that ability to, and you're diversifying that and you could take that money out pre-retirement if you needed to. So you're starting to build a little more flexibility and and in your financial plan. Yeah, because in a brokerage account as or an IRA, if you have an IRA separately, you are able to, your your flexibility in terms of what you can invest in becomes limitless really, because once you're outside of the constraints of the 401k, you can, you know, let's say if you got an account at Schwab or Fidelity, well, you can buy any stock, any bond, you can buy individual bonds, individual stocks, you can buy ETFs, you can buy mutual funds, you can buy gold and silver, so commodities, anything outside of that you could buy into private equity and things like that that have significantly outperformed historically the S&P. So there are many, many other options that are available to you once you get outside of that 401k world, because it's a very limited world in terms of your investment options. So basically what we're talking about here is the basics of investing. So First and foremost, you need to understand what your time horizon look. You know, what are you saving money for? What are you setting this money aside for? And when will you need it? So, what's your time horizon? What's your risk tolerance? What's not only your risk tolerance, but what is your risk capacity? There is a difference there because we'll work with clients a lot of times whose risk tolerance is low, but their risk capacity is very high. And so we try to encourage them to increase how much risk they're taking because they can afford to take the risk without pushing them to the point where they panic uh, when the markets go down. So by the same token, sometimes we have clients that have really high risk tolerance, but low risk capacity. So let's say they've already retired and they were used to investing all in the stock market, but now they need income from their portfolio. So they need a certain percentage to move into a fixed category or an income generating category, which would mean preferred stocks and dividend stocks. We'll talk about those later. As opposed and and bonds as opposed to being all in the stock market, so it's a different blend, mix of investments to provide the income stream later on, because they've got this need for income. We really look to make sure we've got a five year window where all of their income needs are covered, and that sort of becomes uh, when we look at that five year window. That's how much we need in what we call fixed investments or safe investments, which would primarily be these savings vehicles that we talked about, the loan vehicles, be it cash, money markets, or bonds usually is what we're looking at. Preferred stocks, a little bit, but they can move just, but they have a, 
a yield factor that they operate very similar to bonds. You're going to either be going into one of those two investments based on your risk profile and your risk tolerance and where, and how what your window looks like. And then we talked quite a bit about just the two types of investments that are out there, the primary base ones, which is loaning your money, which is a fixed investment, or owning something, which would be some side of, some sort of equity investment. Uh, and I think those two, those are, that's the real basics. And then we can build on that as we go forward. Yeah, I would add uh, the discipline to stick with your plan. Do not react to short-term movements in the market. I promise you, you will not be able to buy low, sell high on a consistent basis. Very few people have tried, very few succeed. You need to have this long-term consistent plan in place and do, do not get emotional with these investments. Educate yourself on various types of investments. And when you're getting close to retirement, recognize your investing style is going to be different. How do I pull money from my accounts? Am I doing this in a tax-efficient manner? Um, that's when the, the advisor can become very valuable. Correct. The closer you get to retirement, the more complex your, your financial issues are, the more you need professionals to help you. That makes total and complete sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay. Anything you guys want to add to finish up before we wrap up today? I don't think so. I, appreciate I just, I do want to say you can reach us at, you can reach me at 804-622-1722, or you can go to our website, rvawealthmanagement.com uh, and click on the button for a consultation to get that 20 minute ask anything free consultation. If you have some financial questions, even if it's like, Hey, how should I invest in my 401k? Now? <laughs> uh, you know, what's that allocation strategy for me? So those are the types of things we can cover in that 20 minute section. Sounds good. Well, thank you for listening today. Please like follow and share this podcast with your friends until next time. I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Unleash Your Retirement podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rvawealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 804-497-2100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RVA Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal tax or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of RVA Wealth Management. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RVA Wealth Management or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, RVA Wealth Management and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. 
advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.